Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Maestro? I am, because after all, we we are are the Watchers of Movies. Hello. So, um, I forgot to talk to you about it last time. You did. You know exactly where I'm going. Yes. Yes. So I saw Godzilla minus one, Mm -hmm. and I really liked it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I had one issue, but it was not enough to ruin the film, and you might know what I'm talking about, so I'm just going to say to anyone who's listening and wants to go see this movie, this is a huge spoiler, so maybe just skip ahead a couple minutes. Yes. Um... The woman being found alive felt a little like I I couldn't quite suspend my disbelief because she was hit by a shit ton of debris. Like if she had like maybe a limb missing, I'd be more like on board. But the fact that she was like totally fine other than like maybe well, she a wasn't and, totally fine. I know she wasn't. But also comparatively, <laughs> I love a good happy ending with her being alive. Oh, me too. Also, elephant in the room giant lizard in the room let's suspend disbelief a little bit about a movie where a big lizard attacks a city destroys it with like a nuclear forced burp basically yeah that's true uh that didn't bother me i can see why about i can see why it would bother people but i i liked it as soon as the old woman got the telegram i was like yes she's alive i did too i know i was like she's alive you don't want that woman to die who wants that woman to die of course not cold-hearted snake i know well and also she's like she (laughs) she was hit with a pretty big force (laughs) i mean it like it it was a big enough force that it lifted her off her feet Mm -hmm. like yeah it was like you're not you're not you're not literally walking away from that you know what i mean like well she didn't she was in a hospital bed with bandages on i know i'm just saying i'm saying she wasn't like figure skating no but like she you know if she again if she had like had a limb missing or something i could have been more on board jeez you're like maim this poor woman I don't want them to maim her. I'm just saying you realistically. Did, you said, but the, I realistically, <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> you're like, it's about a day, <laughs> like, You're like, there's nothing realistic about this. <laughs> I wanted her to just be a head in a jar and him to have the exact same like, reaction. Like Futurama. Yeah. Well, thank God she's still alive. Oh, you're oh you're just ahead in the jar. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> and I, I want know why. Also, the Beastie Boys to also be there. Yes, exactly, exactly. So were yeah, you, were um, you shocked when the when the plane flew in Godzilla's mouth? Were you expecting it to be fully engulfed? Because I was like, whoa, um, the mouth is a lot smaller than I was anticipating. I think, yeah, I think I I anticipated. Um, for him to like fully go in, like I yeah. thought he was gonna like fly like, down into so the far, like Jonah into the and the whale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then too. it was like it was like womp, and I was like, oh, it was lodged there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. And I had a feeling that like when they showed that scene of the other um, uh, the guy who had like set up the plane for him and everything, and he's like talking to him, and you can't like hear what they're saying. I was like, he's telling him how to escape. And, like, well. He did. That was on screen. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, like, I, I was like, I was like, there's no way he's gonna die. He's gonna survive this. Like, he's gonna make it through. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but he told him like that. It wasn't like secret. It was uh, he actually told him with subtitles. This is an eject button. No, no. But there, there's a scene where he says like. N- 
Oh, well, that's later. There's like what ha- like they don't show that scene immediately. They show that after. He oh, had, okay. uh, yeah, he had already. I don't know if you remember that because yep. it's been a while. Well, yeah, I had. I thought I knew that that he was definitely making an ejection seat, of course, and but I thought the button because I, I see what you mean. You're right; they didn't say it till later. Yeah. But um, I thought that the button he was like, "You have to push this to activate the bomb." I was like, "I bet that's a secret ejection seat." I was, <laughs> but then you learn later that he told him about it all along. So right, I know what, right. I know what you mean. I forgot that it was it was a little bit later. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but overall, I mean, I think it was it was a fun movie. Yeah, you know? just like yeah, it thoughtful, but also bombastic and yeah and it seemed like and i don't know a lot of the old older godzilla movies but it seemed based on what i've seen like pictures of it looked like they were doing like a throwback to oh, the okay. original godzilla so i thought that i was don't know of, a ton about godzilla either I don't either yeah but anyway so it was it was cool i'm was glad fun. you liked it i did like it i yeah. enjoyed it i enjoyed it um we were sitting in the front row don't want to do that again that's yeah sucked. that's crazy <laughs> that <really laughs> sucked um so yeah anyway um do you have anything that you've uh, watched recently i recently watched the movie naiad mm-hmm. with annette benning and jodie foster and for those who don't know it's uh basically a it's a pretty it's like the a biopic but like of the later latter part or more recent history of diane and naiad who has done like mega long di- long distance swims like oh okay the english channel and and things like that and it's about her most recent attempts to swim from florida to cuba or cuba to florida wow it's really really good it's i really really liked it um That's wild it's uh it's a sports movie which i like i like sports movies I don't know if Annette Benning's perform Annette Benning's performance is really good. It's fine, but I thought Jodie Foster did a really, really good job. Like she in everything, plays, she does yeah, a great job in everything. She plays like her best friend and coach, and I think she has a, maybe a more likable and emotional role in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana Nyad is so driven and ambitious that sometimes it it becomes a little bit hard to like. <laughs> get on board with her because she's just like so singularly focused and i think that that's probably what you have to be to be that sort of athlete but yeah i mean good. florida to it's cuba good. i guess i, mean, I don't like, know how far that is but that like, seems i think they said 103 far. miles or something oh my god but there's like sharks and jellyfish and there's some like scenes with like jellyfish and stuff where i was like okay i wouldn't want to be in this <laughs> I wouldn't want to do this. I, and and the rules are very like strict. So she wa- she has to swim unaided. So she she attempted the swim in the 70s. And in the 70s she didn't make it um because of just like the currents were like like she was basically swimming against a current the whole time and wow. um they put like a net around her. But she didn't want to do that this time in, like, modern history. She wanted to to swim totally unaided. So the rules were that, like, nobody on the boat, because a boat was next to her, nobody could touch her. Uh, They could feed her. Like, she could, like, swim beside the boat and, like, they could, like, put food in her mouth and stuff. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, But if they had to pull her onto the boat for any reason you know it was over like she couldn't keep swimming because i i was like is she gonna like stop at night and but no she it has to be like straight through that's what i figured and it's like crazy what your body goes through like it was it looked grueling and she got all swollen from the salt water and she was just it was i mean it's 
Where'd you watch it? Uh, it, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. I recommend it. I think it's good, especially if you like sports movies. But if you like Annette Benning and Jodie Foster, it's it's a real treat. Yeah, that's um, a, that's mm-hmm. like the dream team. <laughs> like, I love yeah. both of those actresses. So I'm like, I might and watch that. There's a know? man in it. And I can't remember. His, is it Reese Iffens, maybe? Is he from? Reese Iffens. Does he play the, the father of Luna Lovegood? Yeah. Yeah, he's in it yeah. as well. Oh, okay, okay. He plays their, um, he's the guy who like charts their course. And so he has a really good part. He's he's a pretty okay, good he role. He was also um, he also played um, um, oh my god, Rasputin in the King's Yeah, Man. that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. he plays a lot of like very weird, quirky. Yeah, and like the weird character. roommate in Notting Hill. I think. Oh, was he? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, he's he plays a lot of. Uh, if I find out that he's in a movie, I'm like, all right, let's see what this is going <laughs> to be like. I'm like, this is going to be either a journey or it's just going to be like whatever. This was maybe like the most normal character I've ever seen him <laughs> okay. play. He played an American as well, which was kind interesting. of interesting. Yeah. 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 He's. It was good. British. I, well, yeah, he's British. Yeah. Because they didn't cast any. I mean, I think they only cast people from the UK in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. Robin Williams, I guess, was maybe up for the part of Hagrid, but they were like, no, we need a bread. Wow. I'm like, so, I don't know. I mean, I love Robbie Coltrane in that role, so I... Yeah, I think I, I he's think really he, good. He was really good in it. Also, Robin Williams is almost was almost too famous to do something like that. I think he's a little, or he was a little, like, too dynamic for mm-hmm. that role. Like, I feel like Hagrid's a little mm-hmm. more a little calmer. I mean, yeah. he's not, I wouldn't say he's calm. Well, because and yeah, he would have overshadowed uh, Daniel Radcliffe, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that movie, I actually think Daniel Radcliffe is is very uh, talented. I do too. So, um, you know, what was a disappointing movie that I was really excited to see, and this was years and years ago. It was probably like ten years ago. But um, Swiss Army Man. Oh yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I wanted to see that, but your review of it, it was kind of turned me, and then I just n- never like. Yeah. I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe I'm not is so gung-ho about seeing that i'll see it when i see it and guess what i still haven't seen it <laughs> i saw it with my friend matt and we both turned to each other at the end and i was like so what do you think of the movie and he's like well it was a movie <laughs> i was like yeah that's kind of how i feel too <laughs> like it was just it just left something to be desired it was sure anyway um so I wanted to mention, I also started watching uh, the third season of Dr. Death because, oh. so there's, there's uh, I think there's three seasons. I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think the first two are about like a different guy. So it's not, they're not interrelated. They're not connected. Oh, okay. So you can like pick it up, you know, um. like you can, you don't have to watch the first two to watch this, the third one. So the third one's about this guy named Paolo Macchiarini and he's... A real life person like it's about real people and i saw a documentary about this guy like years ago so i know what's going to happen in this story <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and um he's played by edgar ramirez it's with mandy moore and edgar ramirez which is probably the reason i started watching it was because edgar ramirez is in it but i also knew the story so i was like interested in it but um <laughs> I was telling my coworkers, I was like, has anyone seen Dr. Death? I need to talk to someone about this. I was like, by the way, Edgar Ramirez is in it, and he is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, um, fine. Fine. Yeah. So he, um, so this guy 
has this method of like, um, well, he's a surgeon, so he would put a trachea into someone's like throat who was like st- struggling with breathing or whatever, like had a like a congenital disorder or whatever. You know what I mean? Either way, whatever, someone that needed a trachea transplant. Sure. And he had like never done testing on animals, which I guess is a thing. And I found that out recently. I mean, I I guess I knew. You didn't know I that always, animal testing was a thing? No, I always knew it was a thing. I guess I just didn't really like to think of it as a thing because it's so horrible <laughs> to think about. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, I mean, look, I'm not pro animal testing, but. If they're going to do all this stuff to humans, I think they do have a way to, they do need to find a way to make sure it's okay. It's got to be like a necessary first step. I mean, yeah. it sucks either way. I'm not, I'm I not know. saying that animals, sh- it should be tested on animals, but what, what else are you going to, you yeah, know? There's like, no other, yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so um, it didn't work. None of them worked. And these people died in, like, really horrible ways. And this guy just kept doing it. And all these people were like, this dude's super brilliant. And what, what, did they die immediately? or were No, they, it was, like, months later. I was going to say, um, like, wouldn't they start to be like, maybe he's not so brilliant. Right. Well, I mean, everyone knows now what kind of person <laughs> sure, he is, sure. obviously. But this woman, so this woman that he was dating played by mandy moore and she was the one that like made this documentary this real woman and he was like married the entire time that they were dating and stuff like that and he like had proposed it like she didn't know she had no idea she was like she was a victim in this she's a total victim in this and he like proposed to her and he's like oh the pope is gonna marry us blah 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 (laughs) well like on the day that they're gonna get married first of all neither of them were catholic and they were both divorced divorced as far as he goes um and like on the day that they're supposed to get married she finds out that the pope was in like an entirely different location and she's like okay so he's lying to me and she like and it just i don't know what kind of person you have to be to believe that the pope would marry him anyway it's believable if you if you watch it because he's like taking her to all these places he knows all these like like popular famous people and so he's like well i'm the pope's physician i'm his private physician so you're kind of like oh okay does he live in the vatican no but he i mean he's an italian man does he live in does he live in italy um i think he lives in italy yeah i would say anyway but so wow it's it's like believable if you're along for the context you know what i mean like telling you this sounds unbelievable but if you're along for the context you're kind of like wow okay so he knows all these people well so she finds out that he's been lying to her this whole time and essentially like blows this entire thing out of the water and um Anyway, so I'm not that far yet. They he just proposed to oh, her, but because I'm too documentary, maybe I should watch it. It, it is sounds, interesting. It sounds interesting. Yeah, it's um. I think that the documentary is so it's on Peacock. Um, oh. That's why I've been watching it. I think the documentary is also on there. Oh. I don't know if it's the same one I watch. It, there could be. I'm sure that there are multiples. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there are multiple ones. But yeah, it's it's an interesting story. It's really like a sad story too. Yeah. You know, is it so, gory? Um. No, I mean, you kind of see, like, where he's doing the surgery on, like, a little girl. But it's not, like... Oh, man, on a kid, too? Yeah, like, mm. a, oh, she was, like, one and a half, maybe two. She oh was, like, a gosh. little baby. That's a baby. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, it's it's it was an interesting thing. And I started, 
I watched it because I was listening to an episode of Killer Psyche. And she was talking about him. And I was like, shit, yeah, I saw that. You know, I saw that. And she's been advertising it a lot. And I was like, I saw the documentary. And I was like, you know what? I really like Edgar Ramirez. Like, Mandy Moore's cool, too. I want to check it out. And so I started watching it. And I'm into it. Oh, <laughs> I'm probably finishing by, like, this week, maybe next. Oh. So I don't think it's very long. It's, like, seven episodes or something. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, but the first season about is about this... Um, this doctor who did surgery on spines, I think it's Dunch is maybe the last name, but I'm not totally sure. But is he's played by Joshua Jackson. Oh, okay. Um, I listened to, because there, there's a podcast called Dr. Death, too. So it's also about, it's also about this, like the show reflects the podcast. I started listening to the one about the spine doctor, um, and I couldn't get through it because their descriptions of the surgeries were a little mm. graphic and i couldn't Ooh. i was like especially spines like that's mm-hmm. really like oh okay yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i was like nope so um i didn't i just didn't want to hear about these people like suffering and struggling through like just these horrible like awful life changing you know things that this terrible mm. doctor did to them and i so i couldn't get through that one and then i haven't tried listening to the paolo macchiarini one but um I might, but I don't know. I might not. I, I, I've, you know, again, I've seen the documentary, so I'm like, hey, right. man, I know what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's it. Mm, so, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I think Edgar Ramirez does a good Italian accent, I felt like. Mm. So I was, I was kind of impressed. Cause you know, my grandma, my grandmother was, had a very thick Italian accent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you're familiar with so what they I, yeah, would I'm sound like, with like it, a native yeah. one would sound like. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's, yeah. that's a good review, I think. Yeah. yeah. He's, I think he's Venezuelan. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I like those Latino men. <laughs> I also started La watching. La Pistolera. <laughs> La Pistolera. Um, I also started watching this show One Day at a Time. I guess it's like a remake of the, oh. the uh, old ones from the like, 70s. That, yeah. yeah. And it came out recently, but it was only like three seasons. Oh. But it's, it's with Rita Moreno. Oh, do you binge it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, no, it's so pretty you cute. You don't watch it One Day at a Time. <laughs> No, I don't watch it one day at a time. We're like every one and a half hour at a time. <laughs> but it's a cute show. It's on yeah. Netflix. I heard a lot of really, really positive stuff about it for mm. like ever. And then mm. people were really bummed that it got canceled after three years. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was it's fun. So, do you want to talk about the movie? Yes. Okay. So, we reviewed Maestro, which is about Leonard Bernstein and his relationship with his wife. Um, and... I I want to say this before we start, but like you had told me before that you thought Leonard Bernstein looked like my dad. I didn't really even think that until I saw Bradley Cooper playing him, and then I was like, "Wow, he does." Look they like needed my to dad. cast. I mean, why wasn't your dad cast in this movie? I know, right? Because there were some scenes when I was like, "Is Brian?" <laughs> What are you doing in this movie? It's so funny. And I was like, and I'm like not even watching like the original original Leonard Bernstein, but I was like, yeah, he he does look like my dad. He's got like the big nose and like the gray hair. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I can totally. I yeah. mean, seriously, it's, <laughs> it's uncanny. Hilarious. Like, it's crazy. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So my parents had actually watched this like the day before. Like was your I mom like there. that Leonard Bernstein? What a cutie. <laughs> So, what did you think of the movie? 
Well, Lauren, you always ask me, so why don't you go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. What do you? What did you think? Um. So I watched it today, and I liked it. I wouldn't say it had as big of an impact as, say, Whiplash or Tar, just to kind of put something very similar out there, you know. Um, but I went in knowing that I liked Leonard Bernstein as a composer, and so that was interesting, and I really liked how they included a lot, because I, I put on subtitles so you can see, like, what's playing, you know. There was a lot of his music, and it seems like the music was... Um, like one of the songs was written about like his wife was called like his wife's name. And so there was a, a lot of like each scene and each song or, you know, was like chosen specifically for that scene. And I really like appreciated. I like that score. I think that it was good. And I thought it was cool that it was directed by Bradley Cooper too. I was like, cool. Like I was like, wow, he's a talented director. Cause there was a lot of like transitions that were very smooth into the next scene. And I was like, damn, I appreciate the hell out of a good transition. You know what I mean? I was like, Ooh, yes. You know? So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Mm -hmm. it made me cry. It made me, mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't, I'm not surprised it made me cry because it's about cancer and I've experienced a lot of that. So, um, you know, it's definitely like an emotional journey to watch that. But yeah, so I want to know, what do you think? Yeah, I liked it. I found it. I I I, uh, I wrote down delightfully old fashioned. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's like all the good bits about a, like a movie made in the '60s, but with none of the pacing issues of a movie made in the '60s. It's fast paced, and I think the movie felt a little bit disjointed. I feel like I had, I felt like I had to know a lot more about his personal life. I think I know so too, pretty yeah. much nothing about him. I didn't even know all the stuff that he composed even. I, and so I knew yeah, his name because of the here. REM song. So I thought it was funny that they played that in the movie. Oh yeah, that's right. They did. And yeah. I knew him because he, your dad looks just like him and you <laughs> had me listen to like one or two things that Adagio he's done. Adagio for strings. Yeah. From, yeah number and, 29 um, or something. Yeah, uh, so the movie itself, I thought, was just like, it jumped around a little bit, and I was like, oh, wait now, how many years have passed? This seems like it's a yeah. different time period. And they didn't use any, like, yeah, they no, weren't like, like any, uh, like, yeah. year markers or anything. Right. Yeah, it was like, oh, 63, now it's 71, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but I, I thought hey, Carrie Mulligan and Bradley Cooper were phenomenal, like, um, outstanding performances, especially Carrie Mulligan. Um, I loved their manner of speaking, their um, like mid-Atlantic, old-fashioned. And I, I knew saw, you were going to mention that. And I love it. I because I, like, <laughs> I, I said this, I sent this in a voice message to Mike because I was so enamored with it. Probably it was only like 13 minutes into the movie, and I was like, I love this because if it was a movie that was made in the 1960s, it'd be like, now say it here, but I say it here, wait on. But in this movie, it was like, <laughs> they made a concerted effort to make the timbre of their voices so soothing. So it's like, well, say here, I don't know if I want to do it tonight. Say, maybe I will, I don't know. And it's just like this like I know. beautiful ASMR, like just playhouse for my ears. I just really, really was, enjoyed yeah. it. And I thought both of them knocked it out of the park. I, I mean, like, I don't, the only... As I said, the only thing I know about him is that your dad looks like him. Never seen him talk. Never seen Me him either. conduct. So as far as I know, Bradley Cooper could have played him perfectly or could have played him totally wrong. But whatever he did, it was so right for the movie. And I really, really liked it. And I thought she was amazing. And I think uh, the story is really good. 
the movie itself is made really well like the cinematography is cinematography is really well done it is a little bit disjointed but man the performances like watch it because the performances are so good yeah that i agree it's like the rest of the stuff that's done well is just icing on the cake i think yeah i think so too. Uh, and i just i just think the two of them like man really good and yeah it's awesome that he directed it and it's awesome that he was able to do such a good performance while also being the director i think so too. and he i mean he pulled up i mean i think carrie mulligan is an amazing actress so but he also was able to get a like just an amazing performance out of her so i think that that's just like the whole thing is just really really well done and he should be very proud <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, yeah i um the C- so felicia is her name right felicia yeah so hold on let me pull this up so like the first time that they meet and they're like talking they kind of in like this little like alcove or whatever and he's like first of all that guy smoked nonstop I, loved, I could not believe like, I love how like, some like crap. yeah there'd just be shots of him like conducting or something with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth or writing music or there was so much smoking I, I it loved made it me, <laughs> yeah I know like whenever <laughs> I see someone smoking movies I'm like damn I want a cigarette so bad it just looks so cool and and in this movie it just looks so cool and old-fashioned I really I like how he's like he's talking to her and everything and he's smoking a cigarette and drinking and he's like he's like blah 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 I'm very attracted to you Felicia (laughs) and then there was like the uh, interruption of the couple or whatever that came over and and started singing those Um, obnoxious people who are like I know and I was like I could see how this would be fun in a party but at the moment I was like they were about to kiss yeah were they I don't know (laughs) I don't know it seemed like they were I don't know anyway they were having a moment either way and these yeah. people ruined it for them <laughs> um but yeah i really i thought that he did a he did a really good job mm-hmm. as, at this role and and i totally agree with you that the accents are, are just like really fun you know yeah um the what do you call it mid-atlantic yeah yeah i love it it's very 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 pleasing yeah um i think he played maybe the most likable unlikable romantic partner i've ever seen in a movie yeah that's that's like accurate yeah because so so the first scene or one of the first scenes we see of him is him waking up and getting a call from someone he has to or he's going to come uh conduct a, a performance because the person was unable to um and he like opens up his curtains, and then there's a man in, in his bed. And so you're like, oh, okay. He does a little like uh, drum like- <laughs> routine on his butt cheeks, yeah. which I thought was kind of cute. <laughs> it was pretty cute, yeah. and he was really excited too. So, you know, we find out like immediately that he's he sleeps with men and women. You know, and well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we find out immediately he sleeps with women. It kind of seemed like well, yeah. We really only see him with a man for a while until Felicia. Yeah, and. He does say later to that couple that he slept with both yeah, of them. Well, yeah, well, Henry Cavill, the guy who was... Or Matt Bomer, Matt I mean, Bomer, yeah. Who was in bed with him at mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah. Married a woman, and he's like, oh, I've slept right, with both of you. Right, right, yeah. And uh, Matt Bomer... Um, so that part where he introduces Felicia to... David is, is Matt Bomer's character's name. I... Like Matt Bomber's smiling and everything, but I felt like there was so much heartbreak in that scene. Like mm-hmm. he just like had this 
I, I really like Matt Bomber as an actor. I think he's awesome. I've seen him in a lot of different roles, and I think that he really, like, he can he can bring the acting to the table. You know what I mean? Um, and I, his his career has only gotten. What's that it's noise? someone's. Oh, someone's taking a shower. You can't stop it. All right. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Um, I mean, I could go up there and tell them. <laughs> Yeah, Herb. please. Will you, will you please Shut do up. that? That's his name. That's his name. Is Herb. <laughs> Herb. Oh, Herb. Yeah. Herb. He's a nice guy. An older gentleman. Um, it just felt like there was so much heartbreak on David's face. Like he was smiling, but I felt like there was just so much more to that. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that they. Well, the thing about the character Leonard Bernstein was that he was kind of like. His ego was sort of out of control, but he disguised it by seemingly really liking to be around people and really caring for the people in his life. Which I think was questionable. But he also had no discernment about yeah. like how to care for them rightly. Yeah. And I I think he reminded me it reminded me of Tar a little bit. Me too. Uh because he was so um I guess he had like such a big blind spot for other people's feelings. Yeah. And um yeah, so I think like he's sitting on the chair in Matt Bomber's feet or in his lap and they're having like this really sweet, like flirty moment. And and then like the next thing you know, when you're seeing him again, he's introducing him to Felicia Felicia. Like Yeah. So I think Matt Bomber's like number one, they live in a time it's like the fifties or sixties. They live in a time where they I think it was the forties when they first oh, okay. because there's something the 40s. about there was something about Hitler invading Poland. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay. Yes. So they're living in a time when I, I don't think they could really live and be successful as open gay openly gay men. Yeah. Um, and so there's already that heartbreak where everything they do has to be sort of, sort of like fringe. And then secondarily, he is, I assume Matt Bomber is in love with Leonard Bernstein yeah. because he's in love with a How guy who could not, be? Could not so truly dynamic. love him back. Yeah. yeah. Like not in the way that you need or want to be loved as like a romantic partner totally. because he's so, well, he's so talented and so so driven and also so egotistical <laughs> yeah they, and it's but he's such a likable character I know. so it's, it's, it's interesting like, it's it's like that ego egotistical side and this like narcissistic side is is hidden by all this charm and charisma yeah. so you almost mm-hmm. are like oh yeah that's right he is kind of an asshole sometimes mm-hmm. you know because he there's like a couple parts where Felicia is talking about how he's like being a little neglectful toward, towards the children, you know. Um, there was Maya Hawk's character who Jamie, Jamie, yeah, where like he's, I don't know. It just it seemed like he just wasn't totally there, you know. I mean, and like like what you're saying, like he's not totally there. He's just. Like, he's there, but it's, he's just, his head is in a totally different place, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I would imagine that would be really hard to grow up with someone like that, you know? Because I think she said something about how they really, like, love to see him and they were really excited to see him. But then he kind of just, or, like, he didn't want to, like, there was a Thanksgiving where he wasn't going to show up or something well, like that. Well, he was that. late. He was, like, a date, almost, oh, almost right, late right. for Thanksgiving. But I think... It was interesting um, because Felicia 
Well, so Felicia knew that he was gay. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. I read his Wikipedia page and it sounded like maybe he was more bisexual because he slept with men and women. But in the movie, it kind of really made him look gay more than bisexual because he didn't sleep with any other women that we saw. He mentioned right. sleeping with another woman. Um, so I was thinking, like, when I was watching the movie, I was like, it seems like he's gay, but him and Felicia had this, like, connection. So they got married. And she knew that he, I think he, I mean, it seemed like he was more of a homosexual than not. Uh, because yeah, it seemed yeah. like he preferred men, but, but except for Felicia. And um, she knew about it because it seemed like when they were talking in that like garden, she's like, you know, I know what you are. Let's just give it a shot. Let's, you know? And, uh, and, and then you could tell that like, she, I don't think anyone who gets into that predicament is prepared for like the, the loneliness that yeah. you're going to feel just like the, the deep loneliness of, of knowing that your partner is never gonna be the partner that you need to fulfill this sort of like like that sort of longing that because in in that's in that i'm not saying that like your partner should i'm not trying to be like oh once you find a partner you're totally complete i mean he's clearly not sexually attracted to her as much as he is with other men right he's a philanderer he cheats on her and and he and he brings his like conquest to the house to just like hang out with the family and which i was like what are you and he and she was like so sad all the time and he was like i don't understand why you're so sad and and i was like i'm like you don't understand understand? like Like, you brought this young boy well he was like he's like a college age guy he's a man but you brought this guy you're openly like like waving in front of your wife's face that you're like this is my latest guy that i'm sleeping with and i clearly am more sexually attracted to him than you and i clearly am more interested in him than you even though they still had this like very like very friendly relationship between him and felicia and like a loving relationship in ways but but i just like i think it's just so it's it would be so hard and so she would get mad at him she's like i told you to be discreet and he was like what do you mean i'm sorry and i'm like I think by be discreet, she probably means don't bring your boyfriends to our house while <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Like, she like, doesn't want to know about that. Yeah, and she doesn't want the children. Like, she's she's like, do not tell the children the truth. And, you know, and, and I just, I don't know. I, I think, like, her naivete when she was young to be like, well, we like each other enough. Let's get married. Doesn't prepare you for just, like, the decades of just loneliness that you're gonna feel being married to somebody who is just so in their own orbit yeah yeah i mean that reminded me a lot of beginners Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um i want to say there was a a line earlier where they they so they had the two kids and then they were talking about like a couple that had three and they were like ugh three kids that's yeah. way too much and then later you see and they have three they kids. have three kids yeah, yeah. 
So I thought their kids, the boy like never had a single line. I don't think at all. He had to answer for why Snoopy was abandoned in the hallway. That's right. right. (laughs) Which I, I, I wrote down. Um, did you like the Snoopy scene? I did. Yeah. (laughs) I took the video. I took a video of it and sent it to Mike. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, who abandoned Snoopy in the hallway? He's like, guys, who would do this? And then they, and then you see the giant, the giant, like, I was like, they're right on what? I mean, geez. I mean, they were right there at the Macy's, like the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And that That was a pretty cool shot. Yeah. Was probably enormous and very, very expensive. Enormous. Yeah. Yeah. I have a cousin that lives in Manhattan and she can afford it by being the CEO of ASCAP. So uh, it's like, yeah, it's like, that's how you, I'm like, I'm saying, that's how rich you got to be in order to sure. something like that. You know what I no mean? One's, no one's debating you. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I wrote down, according to ClassicFM.com, Bernstein was gay. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think, like anything, sexuality is a spectrum. You know, there's always a possibility of just because you tend to be attracted towards a certain kind of person or a certain gender doesn't mean that there can't be someone who yeah you know, well stands i think out to you the difference for me when i'm watching it because i i don't think you're wrong uh i'm just saying for his character mm-hmm. it was hard for me to distinguish between like is he just a cheater or is he unfulfilled with felicia right because in the movie it seemed like he only slept with men right yeah not other women and so that except for that one well that he mentioned yeah, right before mentioned, him and right. felicia were together once him and felicia were together it seemed like he wasn't sleeping with other women right so i was like would he do this with women like would he like what would the movie look like if he brought another woman to their house you know and and i just so i don't know like is he just a cheater or is he unfulfilled and it kind of felt like maybe he was unfulfilled in that way because um I don't know why else you would disrespect your partner that way. If you were, if I know you, if you were fulfilled sexually with your partner and, and, and their marriage seemed fine. Like they seemed like they genuinely enjoyed each other's company. Yeah, it wasn't like sure. a situation where they were like growing apart or where they had, you know, any other issue besides this sexuality issue. Like their relationship seemed great. So I would I think, think they genuine love for each I other. I think they, yeah. well, they did. I think, yeah, yeah but I, that's what I'm like. I just don't know why you would do that to somebody you love so much unless you were like more attracted to men and feeling unfulfilled. Right. Or maybe it's just as he needed people to stroke his ego all the time. I mean, and it could be, you know, even if you love your wife, if your ego is bigger than like the planet, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, you just are always you always need somebody else to like give you that high or something. I don't know. You know, I'm wondering, um, he kind I have a couple thoughts going on through my mind. So, first of all, he kind of reminded me of, I think his character's name is Harry Ray Fiennes in A Bigger Splash. Oh, yeah. You can see mm-hmm. that, right? Like, kind of like that over-the-top, yeah. like, dynamic, very charismatic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sleeping with everyone, you know, yep. character, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't want to sleep with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I know. I love that scene because then there's a like Those family walking by. And he's like, oh, whatever. Ever. I just made their vacation. Yeah. Like, I, I like, love it. 
I mean, really, though, if I heard someone say, no, he says, I'm attracted to my daughter. Or, yeah, not attra- he, or, yeah, something you know, he's like, like yeah, I'm attracted to my daughter. And he's like, of course, if I went home and I'd heard that, I would have been like, girl, you will never believe what I heard over on vacation. Like, I would have told everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have been like, it was a wild. Not because of where I went, but because of what happened. Because <laughs> I heard this guy. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, um, so, yeah, because, so he, he also reminded me, again, of, like, we talked about Tar, you know, um, she was. Yeah, picking up young Yeah, pursuing younger women, and this is what he was doing, too, is he was pursuing younger men who were, like, in awe of him, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that you're probably right is that there's like a mixture of him wanting, you know, to be with a man, but also he wanted someone who to stroke his ego. Yeah. Because there's a scene where he's so he meets the young. What's his name? The young Tommy, the one with the great hair. No, he had like the dark hair. Yeah, the one with the great hair. Yeah, he great remember, hair. Oh, great, great hair. hair. Yeah, he said gray. His, yes. No, he kept saying his Tommy. hair was really great. Yeah, he's like, wow, yeah. you've got great hair. You've got great hair. So he meets Tommy at like they're having this soiree at his house, and he takes Tommy into this like abandoned hallway, and then Felicia happens to walk in and see them like almost kissing, and they did kiss. They did kiss, yeah. but she kind of and then she walked away, and then later a little it bit was, later in the movie, I have to say it was so casual too the way he did. It. He was oh, like, "Do you was, mind if I just do something?" He was very yeah. smooth. <laughs> the guy like, was just like, "Okay," and then he was like, "Smooch," and I, feel I was like. like Oh, that's what you want to do. I okay. feel like his character could have gotten you like in bed and almost undressed before you knew what was going on. I'm like, wait a second. What am You're I like, doing? Wait, wait, wait. What was happening? Why am I naked right now? Oh, my you God. You thought you were going to show me the roof. Not like a rape. I don't mean it in like a no, rape no, no, way. No, no, I mean no, it yeah, just like, like a charisma like sort of way. Like in a totally consensual so way where yeah. you're like, this is... I'm okay with this, actually. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, this is fine. So later, he's he's at this rehearsal, mm-hmm. and um, something within the rehearsal or within the, like, op- I don't know what it is, if it's like a symphony or an opera or whatever that he's creating, has, like, Spanish dialogue. Mm-hmm. And a woman, and Felicia is at this rehearsal, and a woman walks up, and she's, like, asking for the translation of this Spanish dialogue, because Felicia grew up in Chile, so she knows That's Spanish. Right, yeah. And Leonard comes up and he's like and they're having this like fun little conversation he's like all of this is felicia she did it all she did all the spanish stuff and and they're like really gelling and felicia's like glowing you know with the praise and they're having a good time they're all laughing with this woman and then he and then uh tommy who's happens to also be in the uh the practice yeah the rehearsal comes over and joins their conversation and felicia immediately shuts down yeah nobody notices but the viewer like leonard is just like on his own planet he's got he's got the guy he wants to adore him he's got this woman who he expects to just hang around even though he flaunts it in front of her face that he's sleeping with other people and and not just like attracted to other people but sleeping with other Straight people up, yeah. yeah and she just like so sadly and beautifully just like shuts down like it's the end of the enjoyment for her and and i and i think that subtlety in the movie was really really well done and sad i think so too yeah it's not sad like it's not like um the danish girl where i'm like how dare he not consult his wife before he changes his gender it's like leonard is like such a it's really hard to hate him, but it's also it like is. she knew what she was getting into. And I'm not saying that she should have, like, you know, you deal with it. You knew it. Like, 
it's it's really it's like almost extra heartbreaking because she let herself remain fall and remain in love with somebody who in her youthfulness never knew the pain that it was going to cost just like the isolation i don't know i think it's a it's a really beautiful story that didn't necessarily piss me off like maybe it would have if it was done worse no i totally agree i think that the thing about leonard is that he is the type of guy you fool around with but you don't marry yep you know what i mean well and like, his sister his sister wh- who's played by Sil- sarah silverman I know, which I was, I, was like, like, I was like oh my god that's sarah silverman <laughs> and i was like she was so Such she an unusual role for her yeah just like, <laughs> like a, a very low-key yeah. role and like, um not obnoxious like no she normally is. yeah no offense, sarah silverman. well that's <laughs> kind of like her character <laughs> but so she's she, in Bob's Burger. She plays one of the twins, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, she comes backstage. Felicia was in a Broadway show, and she comes backstage, and the sister, and she was like, oh, there was another man. Like, she's talking about a man. She's like, this guy, he he wanted your number. He wanted to call you. Oh, yeah, and he the has suitor. Him and, his, yeah. him and his, no, this was before that, when oh, they were okay, young. okay, okay. When she was young, before she married Leonard. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But when they were kind of, like, spending time together, uh, Sarah Silverman's character was like, yeah, you know, him and his wife are on the rocks. He's probably going to get divorced, and I thought he might be your type. I hate it. Yeah, well, that scene like, gave me the ick. <laughs> Felicia said, what do you mean, my type? And the sister was like, you know, unavailable men. And I thought that it was like a nudge-nudge, like, my brother is, is not someone for you to marry. Right. He's unavailable, meaning he'll never fulfill that you know right and then and then uh felicia got kind of awkward and she's like oh you know and um i just yeah it's just really sad i mean i feel like it's it was it was sad but well done and interesting character development and but in beginners when he said uh christopher Plummer was saying that when his wife married him she was like well we'll try to fix that or something like about yeah. his homosexuality and i think that in that time period they probably didn't fully understand sexual orientation and yeah. you know so it's just like it's kind of heartbreaking for both sides really like it really is yeah and you know she kind of it seemed like she kind of went off on her own later too you know um there was talking about how she had like a suitor, and then it, she found out that the suitor wanted a different, like a guy's number. Yeah, I think they had like a like, separation. Ugh. Maybe not a divorce, but they definitely separated yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. Or there was some sort of arrangement where they were like, "We'll just keep this casual and open, and then just see mm-hmm. each other on the weekends." Or I don't know, you know, whatever. See each other when we see your kids. Yeah, I mean, I think if it, it's just, I just can't imagine. Like, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to date someone who's that charismatic because to me that's like almost a red flag in of itself. Not that being charismatic is a red flag, but his level of charisma was just a red flag, I guess. If that, no, I think you know? that, I mean, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. I think that you almost can't be with someone like that unless you're equally successful in your own field okay like i told you about that guy that came in to the studio and he was dressed up like a 1920s gangster which i was like feeling (laughs) i was like i was like okay all right the three-piece suit i dig it i like it and i want more thank you um but he was so so charismatic 
and it was like, oh, like it was kind of a turnoff. Like it was yeah. too much. It's too you know? much. Yeah. It's too much. It I know was, what you mean. There's, you know, there's like, um, like where's the real person underneath? Right. Like I, yeah. I you know, I mean, well, our friend Tim, my, my more my friend, I guess, he had said something about someone you know that I dated that said that he was he didn't trust him because he sounded like a politician mm, okay. and now I I always think of that mm-hmm. when I see overly charismatic men or women it doesn't matter that I go wow you sound like a politician and then it immediately makes me not want to trust you yep mm-hmm. yeah because it's like because politicians are like like they'll tell you anything you want to hear to get what they want yeah yeah no mm-hmm. no I'm good yeah. I, I don't I don't need that kind of insincerity in my life. I, I like genuine people, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, <laughs> ever like that kind of like that was like one of those things where it was just one comment. But it, it has sat in my brain for years. and It will probably sit in my brain for the rest of my life because I was like, wow, I can't unsee that now. OK. And you're totally right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So. There, I don't, we didn't, did we talk about the part of the opera? No, I don't think. Okay, so back to Tommy. Tommy was at the opera, and they're sitting in, like, uh, uh, box seats or whatever. And, like, Leonard and this Tommy guy are, like, holding hands, but his wife is fucking sitting yeah, right next to him. and she's like, herself. She's like, cool, this is awesome. Yep. And I'm like, jeez, Leonard, like, hold hands with both of them. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, you're gonna hold hands with like if if not her then both but you can't just have him you, yeah you can't like well, and that's, that's just I, rude yeah to your wife. like and that's the sad thing is like she wasn't sleeping around on him no I imagine know. i bet he would have gone through the roof if she had slept around on him and he's like jealous or like uh, angry or probably a little bit of everything you I know? know maybe he would have been happy for her i though. don't know <laughs> i don't I don't know, but I I think it's just like that sort of unevenness in a relationship and just the literal picture of the three of them sitting in the box had her isolated and I I can just, I, and then she left the performance early or afterwards she left early and she put his belongings out in the hotel room hallway. Yeah. And you know, and and he's like, why did you do that? And I was like, yeah, cause he had it coming. (laughs) And I I thought that was interesting. The fight that they had before Snoopy went by the window. Yeah. Um, and she said, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but she was like, it's so difficult to love someone who doesn't truly love himself. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really interesting line. Like, I think she was, I think she was telling him, you know, like, you have to, like, you have to be yourself. You, you're, you're hiding this, like, your homo. I think, like, his homosexuality behind this facade of a marriage where she is just feeling isolated and left out, and his kids don't know the truth, you know. But I mean. It's, 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 I don't know, it would be really hard. It's really hard. And, and I think she, she said, like, if you don't watch it, you're going to end up a miserable old queen alone, you know, like lonely queen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought that that was, that was really interesting too. really sad language just because she was feeling so terrible and so isolated and so left out in the cold. And, and he was doing that to her with his just like 
blatant flaunting of his I know. behavior. Like he, was, he was not discreet yeah. at all. I don't even think he understood what the word discreet well, meant. It's like he would, he would come up to be like, what are you like, so throw sad about? Like a dictionary about? at his face. Yeah. Like, to be like, like look at the fucking word idiot. Yeah. Do you know what you find? A picture of me? No. The definition of idiot which you fucking are. <laughs> What's that from? I, I think kiss, I've kiss, seen bang, bang. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's a, it's a um I haven't seen that movie in a long time but it was very it was like a film noir like dark comedy. Okay. You might like it. I don't I've know. I've been told before that I should watch it and I just it's, haven't. There's there's definitely like a, a bunch of lines in there that are like pretty funny. Um I get I think I own it. So if you want to borrow it from me, you can borrow it from me. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Um but yeah, that was like that because Robert Downey Jr. is like a picture of me. Valkyrie's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, no! It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty clever. Yeah, it is. It's pretty clever. It's a clever movie. Um, but yeah, I um, there's there's a scene also where she says that she like her own or she was like upset that her own ignorance caused her to believe that she could survive on his lack of attention yeah and I, was like, I thought that was a really good so line sad yeah you know and it's like you're not at fault here he is you're the one who's been faithful he went into a relationship knowing that he could not be faithful and you know what if you can't then you can't then don't get in one that's you know what i yeah. mean don't put somebody else yeah. through that i think well i think also she thought because they had like a honeymoon phase where it seemed like yeah. they, they only had eyes for each other for, for a sure. little while. And I think that she thought that that was going to last forever. And I think in, in, in a relationship like a heterosexual or even a homosexual relationship where the two people in it are primarily sexually attracted to each other, like to their, each other's genders, you know, every relationship goes through a honeymoon fear period and then sort of, you know, levels out a little bit, but you still, have that sexual attraction to each other um but if the honeymoon period levels out and one of you is not attracted to the other one in that way anymore then yeah how how do you survive that and i think that you know in her youthful ignorant love balloon she didn't realize how difficult that would be and she reminded me of the the mom from Beginners too. It's like yeah. that whole like, oh, you know, this can change or things can change, and it's this naivete left from an older generation who doesn't understand, you know, um, like how the mind works and how sexuality works. Like you can't just change how you feel about an entire gender of people. You just can't, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've spent my entire life kind of struggling with my own sexuality well i don't i don't know if it's ever really been a struggle it's just always been the type of thing where i guess i felt like i was weird because i was the way i was you know and because i've never been fully like identified as being bisexual but not straight i'm not straight you know what i mean but i'm not bisexual so queer kind of fits like that perfect it's just like a kind of you know and I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to relate it to myself. You know, I'm trying to relate it to my own experiences. And, um, but it's, it's just like this whole thing is just, it's just so sad. And I, I do have to say though, like, 
I re- so I really like the scene where he's conducting and he's getting really, really passionate. He's like sweating all over and everything. And he sees her and he like runs over to her and he's like, yeah, he's like, you came or why did you come here? Whatever. And he's kissing her and like, and it was just so like, you could see like, this was such a crowning moment for him in his career and like her being there meant everything to him. And I think, I think that's why I liked, I still liked them because they have this, mutual love and respect for each other that almost in a way could transcend their obvious differences in in like sexuality if they had like if she had had the wherewithal to maybe marry somebody else yeah who could fulfill that part of her i think she and him would have still paired off just non-sexually and they would have been very very fulfilling for each other in that way while she had her own romance her own sexual relationship with somebody who could you know where they could have that and i think if that had happened you know because it almost kind of like it did except she got the unfair end of the stick where she was like trying to stay faithful to this guy you know right but they loved each other in a way and they and they clearly respected each other so i agree i really like that scene when he was like crying and kissing her and stuff and hugging her it was really a beautiful scene because that was after they had gone through that separation period and she told him that like you know she accused him she's like you say that you love people you are so full of hatred. You're so full of hatred. And I and I assume that's because he was living in a society that wasn't really like letting him be himself, I would think. Right. Maybe that's part yeah, of it. Probably. And um they don't really go too far into that though. That's not really like it doesn't seem to hold him back really ever. No, no. I know. Um but then after she sees him conduct that intense scene she's like there's no hatred in your heart and i thought that that was really like a sweet i know i liked that they came back together and and i thought it was it was just um yeah i think it it makes me sad that she had to live so much of her life in that lonely space yeah even though they loved each other because you know i i think that 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 can be so so devastating it's it's for sure and i i love that like as she was dying of cancer, that he was there for her every step, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was really sad when when she was diagnosed in the in the yeah, hospital in the yeah. doctor's office, and she started crying, and that was actually pretty hard to watch. Uh, the scenes with her having cancer, I I'm not trying to be. I mean, this is an understatement, but I I didn't really care for them, and I I I mean, you know, who I, would but as I, again, I, it was as someone hard. who's experienced that, it like, was really losing, hard. Um, mm-hmm multiple family members like that um i'm i can feel myself getting emotional just talking about it right now not enough to like cry but i was crying during the movie you know i like i had tears streaming down my face for sure and i wasn't really surprised that i cried because as soon as she was like i have cancer i was like yeah here it goes you know and i was like just like turn on those waterworks girl because they are coming down the mountain (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah um but it's like, I don't know, like, there's like, she talked about how she liked the way he smelled, like, originally. Yeah. She said that she's, he smelled like her father, um, which I guess there's some sort of study where they did that with a bunch of different people, and people are attracted to, um, like, the the opposite gender 
parents smell, which I think mm. is really interesting because mm-hmm. uh, if anyone ever smelled like my dad, I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Like, eh. That's like, like you yeah. smell like my father. I cannot. I cannot. It's yeah. probably <laughs> in a, on like a pheromone level where you're oh, not yeah, like. sure. I think so. Would yeah. you put on this uh, particular brand of aftershave so you could smell like my dad, please? <laughs> I don't think it's quite that obvious. No, it's probably so psychological or something. I don't know. Because I think it'd be really weird if you... Because when she said, you smell like my dad and, and his smell always made me feel safe and you made me feel safe, I think that that was interesting because, you know, like she clearly loved him in a way that he, I don't think, maybe loved her in return. And not in yeah. a bad way. Right. Just in a, they're different. They are going after different things. Yeah. But... So I think she felt very safe with him and I think he respected her and probably felt good when he was with her. Yeah. So I'm not trying to to say that he didn't, but she obviously was like, you know, like, release the oxytocin, <laughs> you know? I mean, for real, for real, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then later, she's like lying in bed and it's kind of, you know, like she's dying, you know? And, and you're assuming that the cancer is me- metastasized, is that the right word, in her lungs because she was, like, hawking up loogies and stuff like that, which sucked. Um, but she's like, you smell like tuna fish and cigarettes. And he's like, you caught me. And I just <laughs> love that. Like, it was just that, like, casual, just, just this casual, like, sweet, tender, intimate mm-hmm. moment between them, you know? Yeah. And then, like, the next minute you see, like, the daughter, like, running out of the house, and he's, like, running after her, and, um, and that was just, that was just, the whole thing was just yeah. heartbreaking, it was, you know? it was really sad, and she was only in her 50s when she died. Really? I, wow. re- I looked at Wikipedia, yeah. Wow, that's and really it's just really unfair, I think, yeah. you well, know? Well, he, he talked earlier about when he, the documentary crew, because there was, like, documentary crew, um, which you don't, they don't really ever get into that. But um, he talked about how he would see her like in the laundry room or something. And then like the kids were always jealous because they never saw her. So it was like, like, and I was wondering, is that like a literal, like, is he literally seeing her like a, or is it kind of more like a vibe? Like, oh, I feel her in this room. I don't know. know. My mom, my parents, they have a neighbor and she's like almost 90 and her husband passed away maybe like seven, eight, nine years ago. And she told my mom that she'll see him in her house sometimes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And I, I I have never been there to ask her like more questions. But she just said, you know, like the other day I was doing laundry and I saw him in my basement. Hmm. And Interesting. my mom's like, doesn't that freak you out? And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I would think it would be like more yeah. of a peaceful kind of like, oh, you're here. Yeah. You're, you're watching over me, you know? Um, when my cat, Rusty, had passed away, did I ever tell you the story? I might have told you the story, yeah, where, like, I felt like he was there, and then I had a friend come over who said the same thing unprompted. That wow. was super yeah. weird. She's like, I know this sounds super weird, but it feels like Rusty is still here. And I was like, fucking shit, dude. I've been feeling <laughs> that all week. It's so weird that you said that. Like, And then afterward, I kind of, like, had a talk with him. I said, you know, you need to let me go i'll be fine without you i'm getting emotional talking about this and i never felt him again oh wow after that yeah so Hmm. i don't know i feel i'm i mean we've talked about like spirits and stuff i'm a skeptic 
but there's part of me I think that wants to believe in it, you know, but there's also part of me that's like, eh, this might be able to be explained by logical scientific reasoning, you know. So as I grow older, I, I feel more like that. But um, I also can't deny my own experiences. So I don't know. I, I'm I thought that that was interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I thought it was a really beautiful connection between the two of them. Me too. And how he said, you know, like, I miss her. I miss her all the time. And yeah. Yeah. I like in there, like sitting in the park when they're first dating and they're like sitting back to back. Yeah. And it's just like the, the chemistry too, between the two actors is so good. Mm-hmm. Like he, Whoever I, I don't whoever cast the movie I saw was some I, it was a woman um, I don't know the name but I think that they did a fantastic job mm-hmm. as casting Carrie Mulligan I think so yeah because like first of all she's great anyway mm-hmm. she's she's fantastic regardless you know and Bradley Cooper's great too um, but this just their chemistry was so easygoing and like so fulfilling as a watcher you know what i mean like just like as a viewer it's like ah good chemistry that's (laughs) nice it's like sliding into a hot shower after being outside in the cold you know what i mean it's just like it's just nice it's nice to be there i love being here at the moment thank you (laughs) you know oh i did write down so in the um the subtitles they wrote that um after Felicia finds out that she has cancer, the song Age of Anxiety was playing by mm. Leonard Bernstein. And I was like, huh, interesting. And that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It seems like they purposefully used songs that were maybe written at the time of his life when this, the events in the movie were also occurring. You mm-hmm. know, So I was like, I, I also appreciated that parallel because, you know, I mean... Of course, the experiences that he's going to have are going to affect his his music. You know, of course they are. Like, that's unless you're like an emotionless robot. Like, that's just, I think, a natural part of being an artist is Mm -hmm. that the influences in your life also manifest into your work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I... I uh, I also like the part at the end. I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I liked how... So they had the sad scenes where Felicia had passed away, and then um, the movie cuts to, like, further into the future. Into the past, but the future. Because um, he died in 1990. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Wow. But um, he's driving this, like, little convertible... And listening to that R.E.M. song at the part where it goes, Leonard Bernstein. So I thought that that was kind of fun. I like that, yeah. And that they I didn't included even realize, it in the movie. I didn't even realize that they had that. Like, I knew that they were playing the song, but I didn't realize that they were saying. Oh. I I was just watching the scene. I wasn't, like, oh. listening to the You don't know yet. that song, though? Oh, of course I know that song. Yeah. Oh. You didn't know that? Of the world. I mean, like, you know isn't, that, isn't that, like, the... I, I don't know the li- joke. No, the age-old joke is that no one knows the lyrics, but everyone knows the Leonard Bernstein part. Oh, I guess because it's like an emphatic. <laughs> I guess scene. not. Not like, for me. Apparently. The song is like, and then and then it gets to Leonard Bernstein, and everybody can go Leonard Bernstein. Isn't that like the thing? I guess not for me. Oh, all right. Um, well, I'm, anyway, I'm not part of that party. I guess. It's oh well, it's okay. Now you can be. Oh, great. uh. Thank you. You're invited. Here's an Thanks. invite. Thanks. Come to the Leonard Bernstein party. Save the date. <laughs> Save the date. The end of the world. As end we of know. the world. As Save we the know. date. And um, I feel fine. You know? anyway. <laughs> 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 it's 
happy. You're already in it. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to get any sleep until Brooklyn. <laughs> it was like, that was one of those things where I'm still like, I don't understand why that was so funny. It was to so funny. Let me tell, we might have told this on the podcast before. It was years but ago. listen, we probably have new listeners since then, so shut up and listen <laughs> so listen. lauren and, and i and uh a friend ani and her husband steve and i don't know if there was anybody else was it just the i don't four know, of I think us? it was just us yeah we were all hanging out at a bar and the bc boys song no sleep till brooklyn was playing and we were having a normal like the four of us were just kind of having a normal conversation and that song is pretty repetitive so the backdrop of our conversation was just like no sleep tell brooklyn brooklyn and then no sleep tell brooklyn and then we're having this normal conversation and out of the blue lauren goes i don't know about you guys but i'm not gonna get any sleep until brooklyn and it was the funniest thing and they lost their fucking minds i'm still laughing about it because it was so funny it was so perfectly timed and i was sitting there like blue like we were all hearing the song and we weren't even talking about the song and then it just came it was perfect i guess because i was just sitting there and they, everyone was like cracking up and laughing and i was like what did i just say that was so funny like i just i i was there and i said it but i was not part of what thought well, like i did it was funny it's a beloved memory i love it and uh anyway I so i thought it was cool that they included I love that, that song. it's a beloved memory too. it is it's a beloved memory oh Aw, <laughs> and, um, and then uh so i thought that that was that was cool but also earlier in the movie who was the guy so they were at lunch with somebody and so interestingly uh, about the movie was like the first part of the movie was in black and white mm-hmm. and then in the 60s it like changed to color so i thought that was kind of a neat technique it was like after they got married i think it changed to yeah. Color. yeah 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 and yeah. um so they were in the black and white portion. They were having lunch with with a couple and then an older guy. And I don't know who the older guy was, but he was trying to get Leonard to change his name to like Leon Burns or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz he didn't yeah. he's like he didn't want him to sound so Jewish. Right. And um and he like he's like you could be a great composer, but you keep doing these like little piddly things and stuff and I thought it was interesting that he maybe could have gone a different direction but found tremendous success in doing things that he seemingly loved right well and he was and authentic he, to his yeah Jewish heritage he was, he too. was authentic yeah. he kept his name and i liked when felicia was like felicia, felicia burns, burns would sound terrible <laughs> i know i know i yeah i it's i mean it was it was at a time when uh it was not a good time to be jewish well, you know yeah i mean like i don't know is there ever a good time to be jewish i mean <laughs> It, it doesn't seem like it it's, it's i mean look at people now overall i think this is a is a good film you know it's mm-hmm. an enjoyable film but would you recommend it yeah i think i would for the performances um it's, it's they're really 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 good uh the movie is good too it's a good story uh it's interesting but those the performances are are really really something else uh, I did find I I do think that the cancer scenes were hard for me to watch. It's just it's pretty sad, but yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was good. I think it's it's definitely 
I can see why it's uh, nominated for uh, some Oscars and and their performances are nominated and it, it it's a, it's a good movie. How about you? Yeah, um, I've talked about this before about making a film for the love of the music, and I feel like this was one of those films mm-hmm. where. It it wasn't like, and I've used this comparison a bunch of times, but it wasn't like Across the Universe. It felt like it was, like, I felt like Tar and also Whiplash were also both like that, where there was like, a, it was a, a movie that was created for the love of the music. Mm-hmm. And I think that shines through with them using a lot of his, um, his music for the score. And it just really kind of paints, it's, it doesn't ever put these people in a light where you're like, they're so perfect or they're so, you know, like, like they're not flawed at all. It, it It's very much painting a picture of flawed individuals, which I really appreciate because I don't want to watch a movie, a biopic about someone who has no flaws because that's super unrealistic and mm-hmm. also boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, okay. I mean, we've all seen Superman movies and we're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. that's as perfect as it gets, I feel yeah. like. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would say I'd recommend this. I think it's, um, especially if you are a Leonard Bernstein fan, for sure. Definitely. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful music. So, yeah. If you like our podcast, uh, go to iTunes. Please give us five stars. It helps us out. And thank you so much to Mike Myers for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.